So we were listening in the car, and Bougie was like, is that you, ma? No. And then she heard me talking about her, and she's like, me? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again um, with the Mama Said So podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jenny, and I am joined with your other hosts, Miriam and Charm. Yep. So hopefully you guys have been enjoying um, our last episode. And of course, we have more for you. Um, always leave comments. We do have an Instagram account that is uh, Mama Said So Podcast. Leave comments if you'd like. Uh, you can also leave comments on our pod or on our uh, SoundCloud account, which is where we post uh, our podcasts. Uh, feedback is always a great thing, and we've been enjoying your feedback thus far, but of course, we are always open to more. So before we get in our topic today, we're going to have our What My Child Said uh, segment, and um, I think we have some good ones today. I'll start with... Um, Oh, first of all, congratulations are in order for Miriam. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Miriam gave birth to her beautiful baby boy. Yes. And so uh, we are all so excited to meet him. We went to the hospital and met him for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he and Miriam are doing well, right? Yes. We still know where he came from, who he looks like, but you know. <laughs> He's coming into his looks. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> All right. And actually, my what my child said story um, has to do with the baby. So the night before the baby was born and leading up to um, up to you giving birth, Miriam, I was trying to tell uh, Ruby and Braxton that you're going to have a baby cousin. It's going to be AJ's baby brother. Auntie Mimi's having a baby. The baby's in, in her, her um, belly right now. And so the night before, uh, we had a little bit you know, more in-depth conversation about it. And, um, and it led to Ruby wanting to see pictures of herself when she was a baby and pictures of me while I was pregnant with her. So I was showing her these pictures, and then I also had videos, because I used to say, I don't know, does everyone else do this? I used to take videos of the baby moving in my belly. Uh, I remember no. you told me about it, but I could never catch that moment for myself. Yeah, oh, I used to quick. sit and, like, <laughs> honestly, I would, there's parts of the video where it's like nothing's happening, you just see me breathing. <laughs> <laughs> like minutes long of that <laughs> okay and then you would catch the baby but um so i had a couple of videos of, of like that and she was watching them and at the end of that whole thing she was like uh mommy i want to go back to your belly i want to hmm. go back inside your belly say mm -hmm. ah, ah. <laughs> oh, wow. and i was like it doesn't work yeah. like that uh yep nope that's not it. But uh, she said it a couple times afterwards, and I had to be like, that's not how it works. And she's even said to Braxton, too, like, like when, I guess, after he's eaten and his uh, belly is full and big, she's like, Braxton, do you have, you look at your belly. Do you have a baby in your belly? Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, so we might have to start having certain talks soon. I was going to say, when do you imagine the talk actually has to happen? Or the first type of talk? I know it's going to be many. Uh, sooner than later. And I think from what I have read, um, it does start around this age where mm -hmm. you're not obviously using vocabulary that's yeah, yeah. a little too too yeah, much yeah. for them. But mm -hmm. you're starting little by little with uh, letting them know 
um, what happens, you know. Uh, and you can actually start even earlier when you're describing their genitals. Yeah, so you can start uh, when they're even younger. So Ruby's four now, but um, from, I, I don't even know how early I started, but I guess when they first start noticing their genitals, I make sure that I call them you by their names. names. Yeah. yeah, I don't Really? Know, yes, yeah. I don't do boo-boo or... Pee-pee? Pee-pee, no. Mm-hmm. No, and I stop bottle from... what? I say vagina and I say penis. And really? I, and absolutely. And then Braxton pointed to his his balls and was like, "What are these?" I said, "Testicles." Can you say testicles? Yeah, are you serious? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Because so that reminds me of something. Earlier this week, I'm changing um, the baby's diaper, and you know, AJ, he always tried to you know lend a hand, help, whatever. And he touches it. He points at him, mm-hmm. at it. Whatever. He's like, "What are these?" I'm like, "You had those too. You can touch your own." Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever and these are but I, before I said it in my mind I was like am I gonna label this as balls or with testicles because I don't think he could pronounce testicles <laughs> yeah Braxton had a hard time <laughs> he definitely had a hard time and I, I I don't know that's kind of a joke for me myself just to make that <laughs> Braxton has a hard time with a Say lot of words, words right say <laughs> and he tried, and I just I don't know, a little humor that I like to give myself. But no, in seriousness, I, I, you know, try to make sure that they know the real words Mm -hmm. for their genitals. And then, and that's where I started with them. But, you know, Mm -hmm. now that Ruby's four, and especially that she's had this, um, I want to say she had an experience, but now that she has seen Mm -hmm. someone being pregnant and now there's a baby, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a perfect time to talk about it a little bit more. Um, And I, you know, I don't believe in sugarcoating i don't believe in making stories up i just believe in telling them the truth and what you know the truth to be but (laughs) making sure that you're doing it um piece by piece and in language that they can understand so no sex yet no no sex yet but But you may say something like this baby came from a loving i don't know loving couple or mommy a mommy and a daddy came together and made the baby like how are we gonna say where it came from Right. This is going to a whole nother episode, by the this way. This is going to a whole nother episode. But um Yeah, you know, a, a loving relationship, mommy and daddy comes together and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean, Sean's like, no, nope. I don't know. Listen, they're uh, boys. And actually too, um I I have uh, there are a couple of books out there. That's what mm-hmm. I was gonna say. There are definitely a couple of books out there, and I and I, if I knew we were gonna talk about this, I would I would have the uh, the names of the books, but I'll make sure that I list them. Um, but there are a couple of books out there that talk about your body and really try to normalize it, so it's not a shameful thing. One, oh, of course. And then also there are books out there that help you or that help them understand what happens, and it's more technical than a loving a mm-hmm. loving couple, mm-hmm. mommy and daddy. It's actually egg and sperm. The science of it. Oh wow. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, not not from these books, but in reading other things earlier on, I also remember that uh, the suggestion is to add a little bit more to it as the every year mm-hmm. you're adding more to the or like a new piece of information or you know, so that they're you know they're just building on on current knowledge. I mean, I really don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole, but (laughs) I think with the boys, they're, like, super curious now that they see each other, and, like, Jaden will drop his diaper off, or Junior getting out of the bath, so now they're poking fun, and they're, like, you know, doing what boys do, I guess, so we don't really... does the same thing. I don't know if it's it's not just a boy thing. No? 
Ruby does the same thing. Well, I guess it's that age, just being curious or seeing someone so close to you, like, have parts or whatever. But the latest thing, I just saw hair on his legs for the first time. Oh. So we started to talk about, like, yeah, and other areas are going to have hair, too. And he's like, do you have hair down there, mommy? <laughs> I was just like, listen, sometimes. But... <laughs> But yeah, we haven't talked about like names. It's pee pee and you know, but that's about it. But no, mm-hmm. I don't even think he realizes what that he has those means, testicles yeah. under there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting because um yeah, we can move out there. Sorry guys. <laughs> but there um you know the podcast that was to um Kevin and Melissa, Love Hour. One of the um <clears throat> one of the guests that they had on there. I don't think her official title was sex therapist, but she's all into that, like teaching young kids from an early age, their mm-hmm. body parts, the technical terms, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, even teaching boys about having periods and, mm-hmm. you know, what that means. It's okay. just not about teaching the girls, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you start bleeding, okay, now all, you know, it's this onslaught of information for the girls. Mm-hmm. But actually teaching the boys about it as well. I'm, I'm going to see if I go back to... I that know episode. exactly who you're talking about. I and think I follow she, her now on Instagram. Okay, so then maybe on her Instagram, she cites the book that she um, mentioned during this podcast as far as giving help to parents for having that conversation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information out there. And if uh, some of you moms or parents... Uh, um, struggle with this or maybe you don't struggle yet but you're you're you haven't you haven't thought of it or it has that time hasn't come yet I think it's definitely worth uh, thinking about first and you could even practice it practice it with um, your friends or practice it with your with your um, partner as well uh, because you don't want it to only come from you um, but practice it with your partner and uh, and then you know, deliver the message when you feel that the time is appropriate. But I do think uh, the appropriate time is earlier than what we think think it is. That's probably true. And it's better to define it before the world just defines it for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think this is what all our, our generation is all about anyway. Our generation is trying, with a lot of issues, we're trying to get in front of them. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you recognize that our parents, maybe, you know, for their lack of knowledge or whatever the case may be, didn't. The way that they did it, we said there may be a better way or a mm-hmm. more uh, comprehensive way, um, right. especially since we don't want our children picking it up, misinformation from other media. Now that everything is at their hands, you know, um, everything is available, you want to present them the truth. Yep. So what are your stories? We had a huge uh, <laughs> sidebar. Well, mine is super simple and short, um, you know, because my kids are always saying something. But the latest was the other day. So mine are super simple and short because my kids are always saying something random. Um, but basically, I finally get in the bathtub after five trips back and forth to the bathroom with the kids, putting them in the bed, reading the story, saying the prayers, you know, like I talk about with, you know, our regular bedtime routine. Um, but this night, Junior had to take another poop. So mm-hmm. he had to come back in the bathroom after I get in the tub. So now he's sitting on the toilet and wants to have a full-blown conversation about <laughs> everything and anything. You know, how was your day, Mommy? What made you happy today? Um, you know, what made you sad today? Which is a part Aww. of our regular routine. But we didn't do it that night. So now he has to do it while he's on the toilet. So I finally said, you know what, Junior? Please, like, 
just stop talking to me. Finish pooping. <laughs> this is not supposed to be prolonged. Like, you stink. Like, get out of here. You're not supposed to be in here. And he's like, you were having a smooth sailing bath, mommy. And I came to join. And was like, <laughs> yes, in fact, I was having a smooth sailing bath. And here you come. But yes, that's another one of his tactics to save the poop for the last minute. So he can just get one more trip to the bathroom at the end of the night. But yes, smooth sailing. Does his, um, does his father act like that? Meaning there are a lot of men in married uh, situations that feel too comfortable, right? And will sit there and have full-fledged conversation. So with my husband, I'd be like, no, I'm leaving. Like, we can talk later. Like, no. Or the, or the opposite. I'll be on the toilet and he just want to be there. I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, no, we're married. Well, I could yeah. be here. Mm-hmm. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. yeah. So after Junior left, in comes his dad. And he sits on the toilet and wants to have his business. And I'm like, if Double y'all don't get out of my smelling good session right now. Mm. But yeah, so exactly. He comes in. He wants to talk. He wants to yell. He wants to peek in anytime. Like, hello, I'm trying to concentrate. Mm. But yeah. That's what I miss about the old house. Because I have my own bathroom. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the funny moment that I was talking, um, referring to. So, you know, Lewis posted earlier this week, or maybe two weeks ago, apparently uh, AJ knows something about rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And he said it like 10 times random without any context. We're just sitting there watching TV, and he comes up to me, and he's doing something with his hands. I'm like, I don't get it. (laughs) He's saying some mumble-jumble words. But then I kind of see the motion of him putting one hand inside the other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, the right cadence. I was like, yeah. wow, this is rock, paper, scissors, shoot. How do you even know this? Or whatever. So then that's cool, whatever. And then the moment that Lewis captured a few mornings later, I guess they were negotiating because this is always AJ. I don't want to go to school. Mm-hmm. So Lewis must have been like, okay, let's do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. They did it. <laughs> Who knows what AJ threw out. Lewis obviously was going to throw out something that he knew was going to cover AJ's hand. And then Lewis was like, oh, sorry, I go to school. And then in defeat, AJ turns, just puts his head down, walks away. He's like, okay. <laughs> so that sounds, I, like, that sounds like breakfast. Right, okay. so I don't even know if he has the right interpretation or what Rob Paper says to is but but he know he lost he knows so. he lost and it is a negotiating tactic mm-hmm. wow love it all right so we will move on with our topic today which is mom guilt so I know that uh no one is excluded from this thing called mom guilt right we right. all um we've all had that feeling um it's you know an ongoing or can be an ongoing or nagging thing um and uh it's just that that moment where uh something has happened or you do something or something hasn't happened or you haven't done something or uh there's just an instance where you feel guilty um and responsible and burdened by this thing Um, And, you know, sometimes it weighs on you. Sometimes it can be uh, something that is um, that, that, you know, really is a burden for a long time. Sometimes it's a a passing thought or feeling. Uh, But I truly believe that no one is excluded from this. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that I definitely struggle with a lot. Um, I think being a professional woman 
adds a layer to that. Like, I think just being a mom in general, you're going to have moments where you feel guilty for even taking a moment to yourself. But just being a working mom and having the demands of corporate life always there, always present, you know, in the iPhone and laptop age. It's not like when you walk out the door at 530, it's like it ends there. You get emails, texts, you know, all night and um, very early in the morning. So I think that that's something that's definitely always prevalent in in top of mind for me. Definitely. Yeah, I was going to say there's various, various degrees. Um, so the being a professional mom, Meaning that you're working outside the home because we do know that stay-at-home moms do work mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as another uh, layer to it. And I think it's just because there's that many more balls to juggle or whatever because now you're talking about get child care too, um, especially if you have both, you know, both partners of the household having full-time jobs, as full-time, especially full-time traditional jobs or even the, you know, the non-traditional jobs can uh, pose a... They can bring conflict. Or... Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, mom guilt in general, I feel we all have, like you said, the little moments. Um, but I guess the question here is how do you or what systems do you have in place or do you even have any systems in place to help you kind of snap out of it because it could just be a momentary thing because I'm trying to equate it to what I can be going through at this time. <clears throat> being in this postpartum age, right? Because you know that they have that that period of postpartum blues. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's remaining there, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, that you're, I guess that's just kind of brewing and not being dealt with appropriately. It can go ahead and escalate to depression mm-hmm. and psychosis. So I think this uh, similar thing can happen with the mom guilt. It could go from small moments here and there to you actually staying in that thing mm-hmm. um, and then actually affecting how you do interact with your family. Mm-hmm. Or, and or you know your children. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know what are the systems in place that we, that you guys personally have. Well, to even deal with with it. I think it depends on what I'm feeling guilty about. Okay. So for instance, if I feel guilty that um, I didn't do this is something that you know I sometimes deal with so uh, I'm tired right and I uh, and first thing in the morning there are certain things that need to be done or that that I, that I want to do but when I'm tired um, and I don't get up it makes it kind of makes a day it sets a tone for the day right which sets a tone for how you're dealing with your child it sets a tone on Mm. for if there are certain things that you get to do or don't do before you leave the house if you've forgotten something so those little things kind of um you know i have mom guilt in that like oh man i I wanted to make a full-fledged breakfast and um, wanted to be able to get out the door in time for us to go to this one Saturday activity that we sometimes go to so that they're not in the house all day doing whatever. But if I had just woken up a little bit early, namely woken up before the kids, Mm -hmm. right, Um, then I would have been able to do this. And, And so if that's something that I'm continuously guilty about, then the system that I would have in place for that is, uh, is you know kind of having it in my mind or being determined in my mind to make sure that I do wake up before the kids and or that is always I'm always mindful of that. So if the kids went to bed late, 
I know that they're probably going to sleep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you try to, I don't know, set a cadence for yourself. Mm-hmm. So they're going to sleep in a little bit. So this is your opportunity to get up and do whatever it is and set, set yourself up for the day before they get up. Or if this is a weekday and... Um, if this is a weekday and you only have limited time to get out the house anyway, but there's still a bunch of stuff that you need to do, set some stuff up the night before. You know what I mean? Like, Charm, Charm, you you set their clothes out for the whole week. You know, I'm not that good, but I try to do it, you know, the night before. And I try to do, like, actually just this week, I just started doing overnight oats so I can take with me hmm. um, and have my breakfast on the go. So I'm not trying to rummage around and throw things in my bag mm-hmm. while I'm yelling at Braxton to go put his shoes on and, you know, when right. we have a meltdown and blah, blah, blah. Right, now right. I'm guilty about that. You know, so I just try to make sure that I have uh, symptoms, systems like that in place. But if you're talking about other things um, that may weigh on you a little bit more, uh, for instance, one thing that I felt guilty about for a long time, Ruby was a, uh, she was slow to speak um, when she was younger, right? So in, in, in the stage or the age that she was in where she should have been saying more, speaking more words, uh, she wasn't really saying much. And I um, I guess I didn't really notice at first because she was still communicating in her own way, pointing at things mm-hmm. or, you know, she was still communicating in her own way. And another reason why I didn't notice is because I guess with her being an only child, right. it was just always quiet. And <laughs> I didn't, you know, I wasn't having full-fledged conversations with her because she was a baby, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and I didn't, it, that didn't click in my mind at first as anything, you know? And you may not have had a real point of reference, right? For someone who's not around kids a lot. Right. Or at the end, in that, at that age, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, we did early intervention with her and, uh, when they came to assess her they were asking me questions a lot of questions okay so do you do this or when she wants something how does she let you know and i'm like yeah well you know she'll bring me to wherever it is and she'll point at it and they're like uh you know they had a lot of corrections Mm -hmm. so when this happens this is what you do with it and at that moment i was like so i'm the one who could have prevented this (laughs) you know what i mean and the and the further along that we went into um uh, maybe not. Well, the more that I would learn about that, the more that I would feel like I am I am the one guilty for this. You know what I mean? Because I could have helped her along a little bit better. Mm. Uh, and she could have been further along uh, than what she is now. Um, and then, you know, the more we did it, you know, as, as we got her speech therapist and everything, um, that kind of... I felt a little better about it because I... Everything that they would tell me, I would... I would uh, make sure that I tried to mimic it. Um, And there were some things that I didn't, (laughs) that were a little beyond me. Like the speech therapist was like, you know, there are certain sounds that you make with the the sides of your mouth. And if you just hold her hand to this side of your mouth, she'll be more able to say. And I was like, okay. But now I have to think of every word that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that makes that sound. You know what I mean? So there are certain things that were beyond me. But but even still, like when they would tell me things or when she would tell me things, I would try to make sure that I um, log that into my mental catalog and uh, regurgitate or reproduce what what the speech therapist was doing. So I used them as a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, for a long time, I did um, feel a little bit good. And and some of that still resurfaces, even though she 
you know she's doing well now um you know some of that resurfaces because especially when i look at her younger brother who uh she was not where he is right now Mm -hmm. at at her age um you know when i make that comparison in my mind i'm like man oh man yeah yeah. i could have totally uh you know she could have been where he is yeah Yes and no. You don't. You won't know. You, yeah, you I, know. Like, I absolutely. I won't know. Different kids, and I think we do that all the time. Like, first of all, like I said before, I suffer from it, so I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But at the end of the day, like, we have to kind of take the load off of being perfect. Like, I feel like there are different levels to mom guilt and like certain levels, yes, everyone's going to feel. But when you get into the like really beating yourself up or like getting into a place, like you said, Miriam, where you can't get out of it and your thoughts are just kind of spiraling out of control about, you know, oh, I could have, I should have, you know, what if I did X, Y, or Z? It's like we got to just take a step back and understand that, first of all, yes, we're type A people. We like to be in control. We like order. We like to know, plan, you know, execute. But at the end of the day, like, we're not in control of every single thing in our universe. Like, there has to be a certain point where we just kind of step back and say, like, okay, you do the best you can. All, you know, guns are blazing, but you do the best you can. And if that means that, on Sundays, you drop the kids off to somebody else and, like, go get a manicure or pedicure or something, like, that's still doing your best. And so if they have too much time on the tablet that day or if they, you know, watch a scary TV show that you got to talk to them about, my son, <laughs> Lord, help me, um, for the next three hours after the you oldest. pick them up, okay, <laughs> yes, like, but at the end of the day, you do the best you can. And that that has helped me a lot of times because I would literally, like, go over and over like I could have done this I should have done this or what if I did this and it just get you get lost like you just have to take yourself out of that place and say like you're doing the best you can on all fronts so this conversation reminds me of something that would come up in my um, therapy sessions which by the way gotta go back but anyway And the word that keeps coming back up is perception, right? Because this not just affects, you know, this particular topic of mom guilt, but just in general, if you felt that you've done something wrong to somebody or you messed up or something like that, that's actually just one view of the situation. Mm-hmm. That's one perception of the situation. That's one interpretation, rather, of the situation. Because um, one, so taking your example specifically, Jenny, about um, her having to do early intervention services, first of all, you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So secondly, when that expert who does know comes in, mm-hmm. it's going to be a flood and a barrage of information. Right. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. They're doing their job. You would want them to come at you with that because right. that's what, well, not necessarily that you had to pay for early intervention, but they're the expert in that thing. So you would expect nothing less. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but three, now that you do know you're doing right by your family, you're doing right by your daughter and, you know, taking in. Um, the examples that the speech therapist or whomever else left for you as far as implementing on an everyday basis to reinforce what they did during those therapy sessions. So in a broader sense, with any type of situations that we face in life and we felt that, damn, we messed up, we felt that something, it is about the right perception, if you will, will make the difference (laughs) between you staying in that moment of being low Mm -hmm. or, you know, kind of... um, I guess kind of learning whatever lesson you need to learn or take whatever information you need to take from that uh, situation and keep it moving to the next. 
yeah. So, yeah your perception I think along with that, along with perception, uh, using your resources um, as well. Because in that situation, I could have still been like, you know, everything that they're teaching her or what have you. I could have been doing this. Why haven't I done it? You know, um, and continued with the tripping myself up with that guilt mm-hmm. um but rather and i guess this is just a nature my my nature you know i try to learn from learn wherever i can and obviously this was a situation where not only ruby was learning to speak but i was learning to help her um to speak mm-hmm. so and i think i'm sorry and, you know no, i i mean uh yeah that that's pretty much all i was going to say use i use the resources um use the resource to help her to do that um and i yeah, i did lose my train of thought uh would you say now th- these days you no longer get in that low p- place specifically regarding this issue specifically regarding speech no but i would have to admit that uh anything else that has to do with learning mm-hmm. sometimes it brings me right back to mm-hmm. that you know what I mean? So if I do try to her writing. teach her, her writing, for instance, you know what I mean? Like that was something that I was trying to help her with for a while and she just wouldn't um, pick it up, wouldn't pick it up from me. You know what I mean? For many your standards or what you thought was should be, she should have been doing? No, not that I thought that it, it, it was just I would try to encourage her and she'd be like, no. <laughs> oh, but you knew that she was doing it with other people, like maybe her teachers at school and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Well, that's right. interesting. Or, or um, you know, there was an instance, did. right? Exactly, where you guys came over, and um, I had given uh, AJ for his birthday. I get, gave him a book because I saw that AJ was starting to write, so mm-hmm. you know, tracing letters and numbers and everything. But I got one for Ruby as well, mm-hmm. and. Um, and Lewis sat down with both of them and started writing and everything. And I got it for her thinking that maybe one of these days she's going to let me sit down with her and write. <laughs> uh, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, you know, I, you know, maybe one of these days. And uh, she, no problem, no fight back, nothing. Mm. Writing with Lewis and everything. And from then on, like, she would, you know, she would do it without a problem. Now, if that had been me mm-hmm. and there had been previous situations with me, I would say, okay, let's practice, you know, what, whatever, or let's write this, or I'm going to write this you write it too and she'd be like no and the worst thing in in my regards is uh even if it's something that i'm not trying to have her do mm-hmm. it's something that she wants to do she would say she would try to have me do it for her okay you know what i mean so she would she would be coloring mm-hmm. or drawing or something and then she would just stop and she'd be like i want to draw this Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so let's do it. You have your, your you have the right color. Is it the color you want? You know, mm-hmm. all right, let's do it. You have your paper. You have plenty of space. Okay, let's do it. Let's draw the head first or whatever it is. And um, and she would just be, she wouldn't want to do it. She'd be like, no, I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. You do it for me. You do it for me. And um, and the, you know, there's just this resistance. So, in moments like that, um. Maybe not in that one particular instant, but mm-hmm. like when I think about it overall, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And think about her learning or learning styles or trying to understand that part of her or, you know, it, it does take me back to mm-hmm. her early, early on where, uh, you know, where she needed to learn to speak and what was I doing mm-hmm. that was preventing her from 
from being able to speak. So right now, what am I doing Mm -hmm. that's preventing her from learning to do all these other things? Yeah. Yeah. But there's so many things, right? Like maybe that's something that she will need to learn from someone else in the village. You know what I mean? But she's picking up stuff from you that she can't get from anywhere else. And that's the perception, right? That's the thing that you got to learn that not everything's going to come from you. You're not the source, the end all be all. Right. Which is, so I guess this is where where I lost my train of thought, like in terms of using your resources, because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I do, um, you know, have to know that I, I, I am not, and I cannot be her source of everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I hear, you know, other people have this experience too. It's because it's coming from mom. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, or like when I, when I had the teacher, uh, the parent teacher conference, they were like, yeah, you know, so she's doing this well, this night, third. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And, and then, uh, the teacher told me that we make sure that we, you know, assess or ask certain questions or kind of, you know, test in their own way mm-hmm. multiple times so that we can get a consistent, uh, so it's not just like a one chance thing that, oh yeah, they got it this time. Right. So we do it consistently and, um, and, and, uh, that gives them the results that they, that they were delivering to me. And mm-hmm. I'm surprised cause I'm like, well, there were zero times <laughs> that she <laughs> did this and that and the third for me, even when I asked. Right. So, um, that's funny. So yeah, so so yeah, I just you know, when it comes to that, yes, I do have that that flash of guilt where it does take me back to that time, but then I have to remind myself, lean on your resources. You are not school. She is in school for a reason. Uh you do not want to be school cuz I don't I I can't do the job that they're all doing. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's like to just to finish that point about like there's so many things like at the end of the day we all have to, even in our own lives, in our own walks, in our own purpose, like resolve to God is in control, right? Mm-hmm. And that is where I come from, you know, in terms of my foundation and the foundation that I'm trying to instill in my children. And so it's like, if Junior is not reading, but I know that he could be reading, like, maybe we should start incorporating that into our evening prayers together or like my focus in saying I'm not in control of everything. So therefore I cannot take on the guilt of everything to say that if I did this, then that would happen because it's not always linear and it's not always a singular thing that you could be doing. But sometimes it takes the motivation from them being around other kids that are trying to do it or the motivation from being around a skilled professional. You know what I mean? Like, so at the end of the day, I feel like that's another layer to it as well. Even in just general mom guilt, there's just so many things that we could be focusing on, making good people, making good citizens, making sure that they're kind, making sure, you know, all this stuff. And it's like you just literally if all your focus is on on not missing something, you're going to miss your child. Like you can't get it perfect in every single area and still develop a relationship with your child. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's especially with having two now, I've learned that a, if they don't eat a good dinner and they eat a yogurt, they're not, they'll survive. Like, you know, it's just like resolving to, okay, let's just get this. If the house is not as great as I want it to be, but you know, their clothes are clean and we have food to eat. Like just focus on the things that are needs 
more importantly than once and like just kind of taking the pressure off myself because at the end of the day there's enough pressure from mm-hmm. every area and every aspect of life that mm-hmm. it's unfair to just tackle more on top of yourself because you're a mom right so right. what i'm hearing in that is uh the more you try to control, the more susceptible you are to mom guilt. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Yeah, let it go, right? Mm-hmm. I think my um, personal example when it comes to the mom guilt, I'm thinking about, actually my mind is taking me to one of our previous podcasts. I don't know if it was a love episode or something where we're talking about interacting with our kids. And I had cited the example of... Um, morning routines mm-hmm. right and so like i'll be real short with age i'm like we got five minutes so let's go to put these clothes on you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i can't be the lovey-dovey and give you a hug in between me putting the shirt and the socks and the, <laughs> and the pants on or whatever we got let's go let's go let's go right and then even in the moment that the words are leaving my mouth when i'm saying let's go let's go let's go instead of saying Oh, hey, AJ, how are you? How was your morning? This any other. Or even the moment when I'm like forcefully pushing him into his car seat. <laughs> I'm be like, oh man, I feel so bad. I feel so right. bad. I, that's going on in my mind simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I think that's where my, the daily mom guilt things come in uh, for me because I could be sweeter at that moment, but it's like, the time, the pressure to get mm-hmm. to work on time, to drop him off on time, make sure he gets to the school on time for breakfast because, you know, he ain't eating breakfast over here. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> all that is playing into it. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to let go of those things? But also just um, my nature in general. Or if you were to compare me and whoever knows my husband, y'all know we're like complete opposites. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so earlier in... Um, AJ's early development. I mean, he's only three years old. But earlier in his life, anyone from the outside would be able to see that there's a difference in the way he interacts with me versus the way he interacts with Lewis. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can already tell who in the household we're playing bad cop versus good cop. Right? Mm-hmm. You can already tell who will be disciplinary and who will not be. Right? You can already tell if he wants something, who he's going to go to, even as a one-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old or whatever. Mm. And I remember my husband coming to me a few times like, I think you need to go, you know, paraphrasing, you need to go a little easier or whatever. You want to make sure you and AJ have a good relationship and that you guys are close. And I would come back like, don't worry about our Don't worry about our relationship. We got this. (laughs) It's unique and it's our own thing. (laughs) But fifty percent is uh, that is true. Like it is going to be our own thing. I because because then that would be one way of removing pressure from myself. Undue pressure. So, you know, part of that was true in my rebuttal or whatever. Like, I do think, you know, I've resolved as I'm getting older, I know who I am. Or I'm getting to know who I am. And I'm just not that lovey-dovey type or whatever. But, and but um and you, you know, telling me this does not make me feel better about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to sit here and appreciate you coming to me with that, too. Because I do need to be mindful of that. Because I like I told you guys before, it had come up in our therapy before. Marriage therapy. Like, mm-hmm. so what are you going to do when your son comes in and he's crying because he hurt himself, got a boob? You're just going to turn around, send him back outside? Or you're going to, at least in that moment, 
be nurturing and, you know, have a look at it or whatever the case may be. So those moments, I would say if I'm being like really short with him, um, I could see those are the inciting things as far as what would trigger Mm -hmm. uh, the mom guilt there. So I need to be more mindful of that. But they happen almost every day. So So it's like, ooh, what are the systems am I going to put in place? And that's what I talked in the previous podcast about. You're just going to have to do that sacrifice and get up a little bit early. And y'all know I'm not a morning person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to leave a little extra time, right, so that you can give that extra hug in the morning, right? You know, so you can remove the little scorn from your face in the morning when you're trying to rush and get out the house. Um, I had heard sometime, one time, I don't know where I read it or heard someone talk about it or whatever, where they were saying, like, how do you expect your child to have a good night's sleep if you're yelling at them to get in the bed? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Same thing. How do you expect them to have a good day if you're yelling at them mm-hmm. to get in the car mm-hmm. or whatever? And it's like, we just have to remember that, not to add another thing to be guilty about, but right, like, right. the pressure that we put on ourselves is transferable. Mm-hmm. And we're like literally giving that pressure to our children. Oh, there's so many things that can be said. Um, man, but... But uh, Miriam, and and you, what you just said, something that came to my mind. Two things: one, the discipline um, aspect, and there are times we were just talking about it before we came on air in terms of how we have to discipline our kids. And there are times where you feel like in the moment you have to be harsh because mm-hmm. otherwise, otherwise you're not going to be able to ring this whole situation in. But as you're doing that, you feel guilty about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now, <laughs> now mm-hmm. they are, you know, crying their eyes out and, right. you know, or, you know, doing whatever it is that they're, they're doing and you do feel guilty about it. And um, so that's one thing that I thought about, you know, just disciplining and and finding the right way to discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that thought made me uh, or brought me to another place where as we're trying to figure things out and the more that we learned and, and you said it before, like you don't know what you don't know. But the more that you learn and the more that let's say you're trying to implement what you do learn and the more you're trying to be better the more you're trying to take the pressure off of yourself mm-hmm. uh the you know the more that you try to help yourself with this whole mom guilt thing as right. also as you are momming <laughs> sometimes too that can be in uh in a way in for that guilt to kind of creep in because let's say you've learned that uh, it is better to, I don't know, anything. Let me think of, um, you've learned that it is better to have a certain tone with your child rather than to spank them, for mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, okay, you're trying to practice that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, I've so learned like, this. Right, right. Now, yeah, another thing, skill that I have to add to my list of things and to do or master. You're like, at that point, you may be, okay, I'm willing to do this, you know, because if this is going to work, I'm willing to do it. But then at the moments where you mess up or it doesn't work in that moment because of whatever, or um, at whatever point that you, you know, you mess up in what you're learning, that's another way, yes, for you to be triggered or for that mom guilt to be triggered. And sometimes, uh, you may be doing fine all by yourself, you know what I mean? But you, that triggers come from other places like social media, Mm -hmm. or you are trying to do the best you can while you are out 
wherever at the grocery store or at the store or whatever and then you get a look Other from, some, yep. from someone else mm-hmm. or you are doing something uh you know where so for instance uh this happens in church a lot for me so like sitting in church and uh and you're, you're, you're trying to hold it together. You know what I mean? <laughs> you are not being the angry mom, but your right. kids are running around. And you, you're, like, giving them the look, but mm. trying to stay controlled and peaceful, <laughs> but also trying to control them. You know what I mean? And then, um, and this happened to me this morning. And, and the mom is like, patience, okay? Patience. And I'm like, y'all think that this is a patience right here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. what signal did I just give to you that, Child, you know, because I... I'm being patient right now. I am being patient. Very. And, and you know, like I'm another mind. Be, don't, don't worry. Be patient. Be mm. patient. And it's like, <laughs> where or what? Like, how did you, what how did you, you read in that? this whole situation? Right. Um, so sometimes other, there are other triggers. Um, so we have to remind ourselves deep breath in yes (laughs) deep breath out um push those thoughts out um and the same way that you would do it with other things in other areas of your life you can do it in this way too right positive affirmations i'm doing the best that i can god is in control uh <laughs> I, I'm thinking of a meme that I that I I don't know I haven't seen it that much but I was seeing for a while maybe like a year or two ago where it's a mom and she's like but did you die <laughs> <laughs> well, right you gotta say <laughs> right say but did you time. die exactly um, and obviously we're not going to be careless with our children uh, but we have to speak to ourselves and have that self talk and have a positive right. dialogue with ourselves uh, to kind of uh, get ourselves out of those tricks triggers right or out of those moments that can kind of make us steep in that mom guilt Mm -hmm. um so yes it happens to all of us um i think we all give examples of that um and i don't think that there are many moms out there who are exempt from mom guilt uh we all have our 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 thing you know um that can trigger that mom guilt and then like i said before there are other things outside of us that um that exacerbates that trigger but you guys are doing a good job out there. And when one thing that um, makes such a difference, and I think that we can do this uh, with each other, but also with other moms that we see, if we speak positively to them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, so when I used to go to, or you know, so now obviously I'm taking my kids still to the doctor, but one thing that the pediatrician would say uh, at the end of the visit, she'd be like, you're doing a great job, keep it up. And at first, like the first couple times that I heard her say that, I would say, you're just, in my mind, it would just be, you're just saying that, or how do you know? You're not, you've only seen us in, you know, the however many minutes that you've been in this room. You don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing at home or what have you. But then after a while, I was, I was like, thank you. <laughs> All right. I am. Absolutely. And, um, and it helps you. It definitely helps you. So, you know, those positive affirmations coming from other people mm-hmm. um, also help as well. And I would like to encourage us as moms as moms, to give that those positive affirmations to other moms around us. Definitely. Good takeaways. All right. So, again, thank you for joining us. Um, again, you can comment on our Instagram, uh, our 
handle is that how you say it yes <laughs> our handle on instagram is mama said so podcast and you can also comment on our uh soundcloud accounts which is where we post uh, post these episodes so we would love to hear from you we also have an email account, which is mama said so podcast at gmail.com. You guys can send in questions, or if you want to hear about a certain topic, let us know, and we would definitely uh, discuss those uh, discuss those topics. Like I said, we've already gotten great feedback, um, and you guys have already given us some ideas or, on what to speak on going forward, but we would always love more feedback. The more, the better. So have a good one. And remember, it is not that bad. You are doing your best and you are doing a good job. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.